Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Unfortunately for you, if you're hoping to hear Greeny's voice, you are not right now. It is Shea Cornette and Field Yates instead filling in for Greeny this morning here on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Yes, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to join the conversation, the phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So earlier, Field and I were talking about this, but it needs to be talked about again because Jimmy Garoppolo has finally been granted permission to seek a trade elsewhere outside of the 49ers organization. And perhaps if you're like me, you didn't even know this was a thing that we were waiting for. I was under the impression that the the Niners just couldn't find the proper suitor for Jimmy Garoppolo and that everyone had their rosters filled and didn't need a starting quarterback, let alone that the Niners hadn't granted permission for a trade. But lo and behold, here we are. Garoppolo now, as we have, as Field has told us and Schefter has told us, can now, I believe, start throwing and participating in training camp. And now he can suddenly be traded. And so I guess this has us all scratching our head, Field, because... What has taken so long for the Niners to grant him permission to go ahead and seek a trade, especially now that all these teams have full rosters and don't need a new starting quarterback? Yeah, so Shay, it's it's a it's sort of like you have to like untangle the web here, right, with the 49ers. So my guess is that the 49ers would say the reason why they haven't yet uh, or they did not previously greenlight a trade request or permission for Jimmy G to go find one is that he was hurt, and who's going to want to acquire a quarterback coming off of shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder? But I would tell you that I believe the 49ers, like the value that you gained by not trading a hurt player because he's getting healthier now is offset by what you lose when all of a sudden, who needs a quarterback right now? I'm not saying every team's quarterback plan for this year is going to work out perfectly. But almost every team has a plan right now when every team did not have a plan at the beginning of the league year in March. If I'm San Francisco, what I'm ruining is the fact that I did not try to trade Jimmy G more aggressively three or four or five months ago. To me, this feels like a potential missed opportunity. But, Shay, I think you and I both agree that perhaps this is maybe the 49ers, they were protecting themselves against Trey Lance's development, that if it wasn't where it needed to be, they still have Jimmy G around in case Trey is not ready to begin his starting career in week one of this season. Yeah, and to me, that's, I think, the most obvious. Like, Trey Lance hasn't given us enough optimism in the few starts we saw last year for the Niners for us to believe that he can lead this team to where they're accustomed to going 
with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, and that's the postseason. When Jimmy Garoppolo plays, they win. Whether you like it or not, or the way he plays quarterback or not, that's just the reality of the situation. And so now you insert Trey Lance, who, yes, you gave up the farm to get in three first-round picks, but what if he's not ready? And what if you end up taking a step back with a roster that's fully capable of being there in the postseason just because you made a switch at quarterback you didn't necessarily have to make? Again, I realize the Niners gave up a lot to get him, but maybe the Niners are just one of the fortunate teams in the NFL that have that kind of draft capital and have enough cap space or whatever it is to be able to keep both these quarterbacks on a roster and just have a really expensive, meaning either dollar signs or draft capital, backup quarterback there on the roster. So could, theoretically, the Niners end up keeping Jimmy Garoppolo under center? Maybe he's the starter and you've got Trey Lance oh, there for man. third down situations. Well, oh, let's hear from Diana Rossini. Here's our ESPN NFL reporter. I personally just don't think that that could work. You can't have a locker room. And I've covered so many teams, actually, in my career that have had situations very similar where you had a starting quarterback, you had a guy behind him. I'll even go back to my days in Washington with Robert Griffin III and Kirk Cousins, right? Remember how weird and dicey that was? You had Kirk Cousins, who you knew that some of the guys in the organization wanted to see out there. You had Robert Griffin III, the rookie of the year. You had all these dynamics. And it just made it very difficult in that team locker room um, because it was like, who is the guy? And if Trey Lance has got Jimmy G breathing down his neck or perhaps, you know, after the first interception he throws, the Niners fans are up on, on their feet booing him, cheering for Jimmy, it could get in my opinion, I, I think it just makes it very difficult from the cultural side of all of this. But isn't this... Isn't that kind of what this is looking like it might become? Isn't Jimmy G already the guy there, Field? Help me understand. Well, so Jimmy G is the guy, or was the guy this past year. But I think, Diana, what Diana brought up is I think that's something that is probably the most overlooked aspects in aspect in what, you, what we do, what you and I do, which is that it, this is a people's business still, along with or on top of or in conjunction with being a business about football acumen and ability is as diana said like if you keep jimmy g around no matter what you are saying to trey lance there are going to be those and perhaps trey lance himself that say like the 49ers not really believe in me if they believed in me wouldn't they be cutting or trading the guy I was making $24 million. Like, that's not a palatable salary to keep a guy around to strictly be a backup. If Jimmy G was making $4 million bucks this year, he'd be like, all right, I get it, right? Like, that's a non-threatening salary for a backup quarterback that it feels as though the 49ers' intentions when they traded up for Trey Lance were for him to be the starting quarterback by the start of this year with Jimmy G having a graceful exit from San Francisco, perhaps that included them recouping some of the draft capital that they traded away when they acquired Trey Lance last year. Things have not gone according to maybe the perfect blueprint, and it feels as though right now San Francisco is kind of reshuffling the parts to do their best to still have their cake and eat it too. We still get Trey Lance, but we also get some value back for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's too good for us to just cut right now without any sort of compensation coming back our way. So what probably is most likely here, Shay, is that the 49ers hang tight with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you can get a trade done tomorrow, they'd probably do it. But rather than cutting him right now, letting him go and sign somewhere else and not getting any picks back, they're just going to wait. They're going to sit back and wait. And they're going to hope 
that there is a Sam Bradford situation from about five years ago, maybe six years ago now, <laughs> when Sam Bradford was traded to the Vikings on the eve of the NFL regular season for a first-round pick after Teddy Bridgewater unfortunately had his knee basically explode in a harmless drill. We thought it was a harmless drill during training camp. And that may be San Francisco's only hope right now. As you and I talked about last hour, I would contend that just sort of hoping for that is kind of a fleeting expectation. Like, who's to say that any team has an injury amongst their starting quarterbacks, or at least a significant one? And then part two of that equation is, even if you do have a quarterback injury, is there a team out there that's equipped to or desires to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and a $24 million salary? To me, I think the answer is no. Can I ask a question? Please and do. I'm dead serious about this yeah. too, Field. I just I'm gonna put this out there and then I'm gonna ask the question. Yep. Last year, Trey Lance had a QBR of thirty three. Let's compare that to Jimmy Garoppolo, who had a QBR of fifty three. Okay, we know which one is higher. Trey Lance, completion percentage of fifty eight percent. Okay. Okay. Let's compare that to Jimmy Garoppolo's completion percentage of sixty eight point three percent in the regular season and higher than Trey Lance's in the postseason. Yep. Okay. Now that I've laid out the facts, I think we can also say Jimmy Garoppolo obviously is a veteran quarterback who has seen much more football, the pace of it, teams, knows has experience in the postseason, than Trey Lance has. Maybe. Is it time for us to maybe look at, I don't know, John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan and say, maybe you guys made a mistake in giving up that much draft capital to go get a quarterback that not everyone quite understands why you went and did that for. I understand you know, looking ahead and protecting yourself for the future. But the way that we're conversing about a guy, again, I'll say it again, who continuously leads this team to the direction and the place they want to be when all is said and done at the end of the year. Two years ago, Mm. Jimmy Garoppolo had the best QBR against the Rams who won the Super Bowl last year. So maybe, I know we don't ever fault, it feels like, this Niners front office or this head coach, but maybe they made a mistake here and they're not handling this the proper way. Can we say that? Well, I can't say it yet, and here's why, Shay. All the numbers you said are true to this point, and I think what the 49ers would push back on is say, we're projecting that Trey Lance is going to be a whole lot better than what he has been so far. The sample size is so small. What, two Correct. starts last year? And he's so year? young. I understand that. So and I think that ultimately, while a coach is always going to be motivated by what can we do or what do we have available to us right now that can help us win the most games this year, a GM is towing the line of, all right, so Jimmy Garoppolo – may at this very moment be better than Trey Lance in terms of helping us win a Super Bowl. He also costs $24 million, and Trey Lance by week six of the season may be ready or may be further advanced than Jimmy Garoppolo. And so you're kind of you're constantly balancing short-term needs with future outlook. And so I think that's where the 49ers find themselves, is that when they made that trade last year, all the way up to pick number three, it basically started the clock on the end of the Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco. And even if how it ends is not perfect in San Francisco's eyes, and what I'm referring to in that case is the possibility of him being cut, mm-hmm. that's the price of doing business. That's the price of yeah. trading away multiple picks, multiple first-round picks, on top of the first-round pick in the current year to acquire a player like Trey Lance. And while... Uh, we can vet whether or not the 49ers 
specifically Kyle Shanahan, truly preferred Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, truly preferred Mac Jones as the quarterback at pick number three, what's done is done. And at some point, sooner rather than later, you know, unless you're in a Packers-Aaron Rodgers situation where he's back-to-back MVP and you have no choice but to keep going with him, then you have to move on. You simply have to. I, I, I guess what I was trying to say is, is the grass always greener? The answer is no. It is and not. I, just, yep. I, I, I am not saying that Trey Lance can't be a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo in years to come. But I also think it is not out of the question to perhaps question the way this has all been handled given the roster that is currently in place there in San Francisco. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails and counting because everyone deserves to experience what's out there, like your kids, their kids, and even their kids' kids. So head over to your local park trail to see for yourself nature valley life happens out there coming up two a days continues here on espn radio and next up we're going to focus on the team field just mentioned that would be the green bay packers how will aaron Rodgers fare without Devonte adams we'll talk about it next it's greeny on espn radio and on espn plus passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 100 times times your money. money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Yeah, what are the Green Bay Packers going to look like this year without Devontae Adams? We're going to get to Packers two, again, two days here in just 30 seconds. Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, Shea Cornette and Field Yates. Filling in for Greeny 
here this morning. Uh, let's have this word really quick from ZipRecruiter before we get into the Packers. Are you excited to travel this summer? Have you ever thought about all of the people that make vacation truly great, like the chef at that world-class restaurant or the tour guide with the great stories? You know, if you're hiring, you can find great people like these for your roles at ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just try ZipRecruiter for free at Zip ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the Green Bay Packers. Last year in the, the offseason of discontent, he said he was never playing here again. And now we're back to, I'm going to finish my career here. Ultimately, Devontae thought it was best for him and his family to be in Vegas. Um, so that was tough for sure. When the Green Bay Packers stepped on the field and Devontae Adams was out there, he had to do it all. Had to win every one-on-one. Had to be the guy to make the huge play. I would have had Odell Beckham eating cheese curds. I would have called from the draft room saying, we're getting you on a plane and you're not leaving without a contract. I love that from Mike T. I would have Mike Odell Beckham eating cheese curds. Hey, I guess it's not necessarily and still out delicious. of the question. OBJ yeah. could be eating cheese curds. We don't know. He's still he- healing from that torn ACL. Um, all right, but nonetheless, yes, Packers is who we're focusing on today here in our two-a-days. We already did the Titans. Now we've moved on yep. to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. I've already said this on radio. I think the NFC North is going to be the worst division in football this year. I can Ooh, say that. I'm spicy. a Bears fan. Um, who are you going to compare them to? The NFC East? Yes. Sure. That was Go my ahead. that was my answer. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's compare them. The Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. Packers. Let's okay. Fine. Packers That's edge. Fair. Yep. Uh, Eagles. Vikings. I kind of like the Vikings sneak, but the Eagles get the edge. Okay. Uh, the Commanders and the Lions. Go ahead. Yeah, it's pretty close. Pretty close. Okay. The okay. Bears. Yeah. Bears. Uh, I the, like more than the Giants. And the Giants. Thank you. I like you. the Bears more than the Giants. Really like the Bears more than the Giants. Okay. Yeah, so this maybe might be, they this stand is even. Uh, six in one hand, half dozen in the other. That's that? exactly. Okay. So okay. here yep. we are. And so at the end, you know what? We're actually going to see a lot of these NFC North, NFC East teams play each other this year. So yep. we'll report back midseason uh, field. And we can come back to this debate. But nonetheless, an opportunity, I think, for the Green Bay Packers to yet, yet again run away with the NFC North, find, them, find their way into the postseason, and give – this receiving core some time to figure out what they're going to do without Devontae Adams yeah. on their roster and Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy. So I started with that sentiment saying that I think this division is going to be terrible and therefore that gives the Green Bay Packers some time um, to figure things out offensively. Also, the other area I would look to field is special teams. Obviously, this is a unit that has been uh, not good for the Green Bay Packers in years past, especially not last year. This yeah. is basically what got them booted from the postseason. But they bring in Rich Basaccia, someone who, who knows special teams very well and obviously is just coming off uh, a bitter taste in his mouth maybe because of the situation with the Raiders. And I would expect him to turn this unit around in a big way very quickly. Yeah, you kind of covered a lot of nitty-gritty right there. I actually remember talking to Matt LaFleur about this earlier this offseason about how when he hires coaches to replace other coaches, he's not afraid to go hire somebody that he has zero relationship with, which is so often what coaches do in the NFL, right? It's like, I lost my coordinator. Let me just go hire my closest friend from a different team that I've worked with in the past. Bisaccia, like, there's a little bit of risk here. If I'm not mistaken, he's the highest paid special teams coach, I think, in the league by far. I, I think you're right. That's like, right. it's a, it's, a, you know, when you're hiring somebody and you're hiring them and paying them that kind of money, you're saying, like, hey, you're the special teams coordinator. I'm not touching the special teams. Like, this is your baby. And even though I'm a head coach, I'm largely going to be hands off. But, anyways, let's talk about the Packers as a whole. Generally speaking, 
When you trade away a player who is regarded in many corners as the best in the world at what he does, that's cause for massive concern. But you outlay, outline the context that, yeah, no Devontae Adams, but all you have to do is get into the dance if you're the Packers, as they are proof that once you get there, anything can happen. In their case, it's been for worse, right? 39 wins over the past three regular seasons, multiple times as the number one seed in the conference, and yet zero appearances in the Super Bowl. Perhaps the hope that you are incurring right now if you're a Packers fan is the opposite. Is that, hey, I think we're better on defense. We're younger and faster, that's for sure, with two first-round picks out of Georgia uh, in the first round. On offense, we're going to have to find a way. But the pressure amongst uh, on us is, is, is perhaps a little bit lessened or dampened by the fact that we don't need to be a juggernaut by week two or three or four because... Even if we go 11-6 and six this year, it's probably still good enough to win the division. Yep. So I would say for the Packers, when you have an Aaron Rodgers, of course there's a chance. He's a back-to-back MVP. I think this team, though, is going to look more like the team in 2019, which is the first year that Matt LaFleur was the head coach. They won 13 games. And if you go compare Aaron Rodgers' numbers then compared to the Aaron Rodgers' numbers of the past two years, they are, and let me be very clear, relatively speaking, modest. That team was incredibly successful, though. I still think that can be the formula for the Packers again this year, is that they're going to win by running the football extremely well on offense, which we know they can do, playing awesome defense, and as you said, Shay, the X factor could be, are they better on special teams? And if I were to handicap the Packers relative to the NFC right now, I see, at least in my opinion, like four teams that I think are true, legitimate NFC contenders for the Super Bowl. The Packers, Packers the Rams, the Bucks, Rams. and then I think there's like one more fourth spot that's either reserved for the 49ers or Trey Lance's development, maybe the Saints if Jameis Winston is back to okay. his to where he was to start last year and Michael Thomas is on the field. But I think if there's like three or four contenders, we're in the AFC, there might be like nine right now. And that's what I think gives the Packers hope as much as anything is that yes they're really good and they've won 39 games over the past three years and they have Aaron Rodgers but like your path to the Super Bowl you could be playing a watered down team in the first round of the playoffs yep. and then have to win one game one game yep I, I I couldn't agree more and I feel like we've come full circle because it all is predicated on the fact they play in a weak division yeah. especially this year and then in a weak conference overall as well if there's ever been a year for Aaron Rodgers and these Green Bay Packers it's gotta be this year. You know, certain people make life easier by helping me out, and ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's technology finds great candidates, and you can invite them to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny to try it for free. Coming up here on Greeny, are we any closer to a resolution with Deshaun Watson? We'll talk about it next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. You know, media days are great because no one's played a game yet. Everyone's got this great optimism. And good old Mike Leach, you know, that SEC media days, he just keeps on doing Mike Leach things, which is going off on tangents. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, there is a Google search in your future that will take you well into the night. For now, let's hear from Mike Leach. He is, of course, the head coach at Mississippi State. And he told us yesterday about some things you should be tuning into on Netflix. 
somebody said I need to watch the terminal list, which I haven't watched it yet. Um, you know, the I guess the hidden gem, uh, which I think I said it last year, Operation Odessa, that uh, documentary, you need to watch that, about uh, these uh, international criminals that uh, try to buy a submarine for Pablo Escobar. That's worth watching. I wish I could tell you I'd, I'd watch more Netflix. I haven't watched a lot lately. And uh, during the season, it's good to watch, uh, you know, to kind of get your head straight. But I did, <clears throat> I'm up to date on Better Call Saul. I'm up to date on Yellowstone. Oh, I, yeah, I'll tell you, that's part of it. The, the kids got me into Stranger Things, and <clears throat> I'm certainly not ready for this season. I'm about halfway through. All right. Well, there's an entire list um, for you to do over the next month of summer. Uh, Field, what are you watching right now on Netflix? It's funny, Shay. Doesn't it feel like Mike Leach just named like every notable show on Netflix? Like every show that's been in the cultural zeitgeist for the past six months on Netflix, Mike Leach has named. Um, so I actually the last thing that I watched on Netflix was Hustle. And I can't believe I waited as long as I did to watch this delightful movie. Is that what we're going to call it? Delightful? Okay, you, I'll roll you like, it. You don't like Hustle? No, I liked it. I liked it. I, delightful was, would not be the word I oh my, It was like, I, I just, like, first of all, how is Juancho Erning Gomez not on a roster right now in the NBA? Also, he's outstanding as an actor. Like, I thought he was great. And obviously everybody here loves, everybody, everybody in the world loves Adam Stanley. That was the last thing that I watched on Netflix uh, I watched it so, too. I was actually really. It was. It really was really good. good. Yeah, it was listen, really good. I guess delightful is a good way. You're married to a former way. Hooper. You yeah, should it was, appreciate this. I did, and I loved like the cameos. Um, Brad Stevens, like it was great. I, I actually loved cameos. it too. Yeah. Um, I hate myself. I watch Kogelmel and my son and sports, and then outside of that, I like go to home decor because that's kind of like my hobby. So I watch um, Dream Home Makeover season Nothing three is coming that. out in less than a week. So that's yeah, my. I'm boring on Netflix. I did watch Hustle though. And I loved it. And if you haven't watched it and you're clearly it's a sports delightful. fan, go do it. It is, it is Field, you're right, delightful. All right, we got more Greeny coming up right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. 
It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Field Yates, Shea Cornette filling in for Greeny here this morning. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And we are lucky enough to be joined by Miss Kimberly Martin here. She's our ESPN NFL reporter. And there's so much to dive into, Kimberly. So we're so happy that you can join us. Let's start with the topic that Field and I have been talking about pretty much the entire morning. And that's just this Jimmy Garoppolo news. Um, So we learned yesterday, obviously, that his agent has gone ahead and and now has been granted permission for a trade outside of the Niners organization. And while the timing of this is a little bit confusing to me, I guess the the question I need to know is, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on a different roster before this season starts? That is a fantastic question and one that I have myself because – Think about it. This was the worst-kept secret. It wasn't even a secret. I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were very honest about Jimmy's future with the organization. Uh, Even Jimmy addressed it. So we knew that Jimmy would be moved at some point. So throughout this offseason, especially during the draft and, you know, mini camps and all this, you know, I've been checking in with teams, trying to gauge the Jimmy interest. As of right now, here's the situation. Most rosters are set. The only team that on paper looks sense looks as though it makes sense to me is Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you could see a vet QB coming into the mix of Drew Locke and Geno Smith. The question then becomes, is Seattle interested? Jimmy has a very high salary, which is one of the reasons the 49ers want to move on. And do the 49- would the 49ers even want to trade him within the division? Um, so, so to me, Seattle makes sense. Will it work? As of right now, I don't know. Um, I think the only thing, the, the only added piece to this that, that is new is the fact that Jimmy's camp has now, they've been given permission to seek a trade. So now the 49ers want Jimmy to be in a great situation. There's, this is not um, a situation where both sides don't like each other. They love Jimmy. They want him to be happy. It's just that we know Jimmy's time in, in the Bay Area is over. We've got the great Kimberly Martin, our NFL reporter, here with us on Greeny and Kimberly. The entire league, really everybody who follows football, is keeping a close eye on the Deshaun Watson situation. Mm-hmm. Some days it feels like we are getting nearer and nearer to a conclusion and a potential punishment. What, if anything, have you heard about something related to the Sean Watson situation and maybe what the Browns are currently anticipating themselves? You know, Phil, as you know, I am uh, ESPN's Berea correspondent. So no one um, is dying for some sort of resolution to this more than me. Um, but I, that's the thing. I'm talking to people. They, they said, you know, this could come down. Like, it, they wouldn't shock them if it came down tomorrow at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right? Or next week, or maybe not for two weeks. As of right now, no one sort of knows. Um, and, and even the Browns have sort of, even in my, in my time in Cleveland, visiting the team and talking to people there um, throughout this offseason, they were sort of eyeballing the start of training camp as the time where there would be some resolution, at least. Um, you know, uh, some recommendation of, of whether it be eight games, six games, two games, whatever it was, that by training camp they would have a firmer idea of who, you know, what was going on with Deshaun, whether he would be their QB week one, um, because it's clear he's their QB one in the building. And even today, you know, I confirmed, our Jeremy Fowler reported that they're working on A.J. McCarron and Josh Rosen this week, which raised some eyebrows, you know, and I checked in on that and, they still, you know, Deshaun is their guy, and, and them working out other QBs 
It's really just to add a fourth quarterback in camp and, and to get some competition for, for their third string guys. So as of now, the Browns are sort of in a standstill, but they're still operating with Deshaun. Like he's still expected to report this week. They're still going to go through practices and they're just sort of until they get some sort of resolution, they're going to continue as is. Yeah, which, I mean, what other choice do they have, I guess, at this point? We're talking to Kimberly Martin right now, our ESPN NFL reporter. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Shea Cornett and Field Yates filling in for Greeny here this morning. So, you know, we do these two-a-days here on ESPN Radio, and so today we did the Titans and the Packers, Kimberly. So let's stay with the Titans here on that train. Um, I guess the easiest and best question, and one that Field and I kind of dissected a little bit earlier today in terms of the Titans is, are they going to have a drop-off? Obviously, they don't have A.J. Brown there anymore. Um, they went in, they drafted mm-hmm. Traylon Burks. They bring back Ryan Tannehill. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Are we expecting a drop-off from the Titans, or can they continue on this path and perhaps compete to be the number one seed again this year in the AFC? So I think that division, the way it's backed up, it, it always helps the Titans because they're not in the AFC North. They're not in the NFC West. Um, it's usually a two-team race for that number one spot. So that helps them. I think the continuity of having the same head coach, Mike Rabel, if there's any guy um, who can sort of erase any doubts about there being some drop-off, um, you know, they have con- they have continuity and consistency within the roster. The QB is the same. But I think the QB is sort of the question mark when you don't, when you lose a weapon like A.J. Brown. Um, I I'm actually the Titans are a team that always they they surprise me like that defense is really good and they always feel like they're disrespected. But I look at the Colts and I've seen the Colts be a team each of the last few years that's like oh if we just had a different you know the quarterback that's the missing piece. I feel really good about Matt Ryan being there. So will the Titans be the number one team in that division? Maybe. Um, I I think though. The fact that the Colts are really their biggest competition, I think it bodes well for them despite losing A.J. Brown. And, you know, this is sort of the matriculation of the NFL. It's like you lose guys and another guy has to step up. The great news is Derrick Henry is still there and nobody seems to be able to figure out how to tackle this man. So as long as, as, long as King Henry, Henry is there, I think the Titans have a good shot. Uh, Kimberly, every NFL team is currently undefeated. Every NFL team is also feeling very good about themselves right now. Yep. Every player is in the best shape of his life. I am not in the best shape of my life, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Is there a team that you think about right now that actually should be feeling this polypositive attitude that so many of them are feeling right now, a team that maybe is improved, whether it's the Ravens, whether it's the Jets, whether it's a team on the come up in the NFC, is there one that you think deserves the shine it is currently receiving? You know, okay. So this is, I, I don't know why, like, so my answer would be the Raiders, right? Okay. And I, I, it may seem like, well, duh, of course we're thinking higher the Raiders. They got Devontae Adams. But when you look at that division, Derek Carr, for whatever reason, is the QB that you think, like, eh, maybe he's like the fourth best QB in that division. Are the Raiders really going to be able to compete? But if I'm the Raiders, if I'm Derek Carr, I love that it feels like all the pressures on Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Um, you know, they, their whole offseason was about getting Russell. Tremendous amount of pressure. They have the Broncos have a new head coach, new new people in place that will take some adjusting. The in-game calling plays and all that stuff. 
that will be a transition for that entire organization and that staff. But I like the I love the Raiders. I feel like they should the fact that nobody's thinking that they're gonna win the division, that their car is the answer, I think they should feel really good, even though this is Josh McDaniel's second stint, I think he's learned a lot. Devontae Adams, I'm super high on Devontae Adams. Everybody questions whether he's gonna drop off from his production with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously Derek is not Aaron, but I think this is a place where Devontae wanted to be. Derek Carr wanted Devontae for years. And I, I think if, De- if Darren Waller can stay healthy, stay on the field, um, I think this is a really good squad. And in that division where we're looking at the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Broncos, you know, maybe the Raiders are being overlooked a little bit. But I think that's where you want to be starting of the season. And looky, looky, look at this coming full circle because the Raiders are actually participating in a full squad training camp day today, them and the Jags. And so it feels like for us who cover the NFL and talk about the NFL so much, Field Yates, Kimberly Martin, myself, Shay Cornette, today feels like the end of our life, right? Because training camp has officially <laughs> begun and now our life officially ends. Uh, Kimberly, thank oh, you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. <laughs> that is Kimberly Martin, our ESPN NFL reporter. And I'm like half joking with that statement field. But um, you said it earlier and you were talking to Kimberly. Like today, everyone's feeling a little bit poly positive, right? Yeah. Training camp is starting. Everyone's undefeated. Rosters are getting figured out. Everyone's getting healthy. Yay. But what we're going to do here on Greeny this morning, since we're filling in for Greeny, um, Field and I, is we're going to turn things a little bit negative. And we're going to fast forward to next April. And we're going to pretend like the NFL draft is coming up. And we've already done this entire 2022-2023 season. And field I ask you this question now as we look at training camp rosters and rosters you know pretty much set the way they're going to be this upcoming season who's going to have the number one overall pick I already said earlier I think the NFC North is going to be the worst division in football you and I went back and forth on them in the NFC East now let's zoom in a little bit closer what team is going to have the number one overall pick next year all right so first of all we want you to know if you're out there listening right now we mentioned your team it's not personal Right, Shay, that this is <laughs> simply us trying to be objective in sizing up which teams could have a tough go of it this upcoming year. So yes. I think the easiest way to go about this exercise is to start by splitting the league up by conference, right? You say to yourself, okay, in the AFC, I think it's clear that almost every team thinks it's going to make the playoffs this year. I am willing to eliminate like 12, 13, maybe even 14 teams from this conversation from the AFC. The only one that I think... Many people forecast could be in the discussion or in the, not the discussion, but the realm of possibilities for the number one overall pick would be the Texans. Um, is there anybody else from the AFC you'd like to enter into the mix? No. Okay. So we start with the AFC. We think nope. it's the Texans. So let's go to the NFC. The then. only other team, and okay. I think this would be extremely rare, Okay. and I, I'm going to eliminate them, but I'm going to point it out. I mean, we're giving the Jags a lot of credit yep, to come I, in only, and get yeah. things going, but I don't think it's possible for the Jags three seasons I, it, in a row to have the number one would, overall pick. It's got to be like mathematically impossible. But yes, the Jaguars, right? if you look at odds right now in Vegas, I believe you'll see at least some action for the Jaguars and also the Jets. Those are the three teams including the Texans, that are sort of mentioned. But the Texans seem to me, and by the way, the Texans are doing things the right way right now, Shay. Like, they're on the, it's good, it just, there's an expression. I would actually take the Jags over the Texans, to be honest. Interesting, okay. Well, Rome was not built in a day, Texans fans. So just give it some time. It's going to happen, okay? Let's go to the NFC then. And I think if you're looking at the NFC, there are a few teams that, again, come to mind for me. And I'm going sort of by division. This is not which one comes to mind for me most. But... The Giants are a team that, you know, if Daniel Jones struggles again, that one could get a little bit hairy. Mm -hmm. 
The Seahawks are the other one that keeps coming to mind for me, though, because right now the quarterback competition is between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I'm not convinced either one of them should be in a quarterback competition. They're the other team that comes to mind. Is there anyone else you think belongs in that conversation? <sighs> this is like, why, why do this to me? Um, look, I had a similar conversation with Joe Fortenbaugh, and he threw my bears in there. I can't do that. I, that I, I already personal. said the NFC North is bad, and I, I can't go that far. I will kind of throw the Lions in the mix here. Look, we celebrated three wins for this Lions team this year. Should have been celebrated. Congratulations, Dan Campbell. You've done a good job, and this team has taken on your identity. But it looks like three wins is kind of the sweet spot, right, for for that number one overall pick, at at least the last year or two. Um, I think gone are the days of a team not winning a game like the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going to say three wins. And and it went to the Jags this year basically because of a tie tie situation with with the Lions. And so the Lions could kind of be in that conversation too next year if they win only three or four games. And that doesn't mean they don't show improvement. That means they could kind of be in that conversation as well. So we've laid out now the Giants, perhaps the Lions, and the Seahawks. The Lions, I'm a little bit less... If you go back to the end of last season, Shay, the way that they were playing with a lesser roster mm-hmm. in a time when I always I put some stock into teams that play hard at the end of the year because like the Lions I mean, those players could have been checked out, right? There's the old one, two, three Cabo mentality, right? Like who's gonna get mad at them? No one's gonna remember how the Lions finish. And yet if you go back and look at some of their games late in the year last year, right, with Jared Goff missing time due to injury. They remember they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Vikings. The Vikings was Didn't their they beat first the Packers. Win. They beat the Packers beat in the Week Packers. 18, which yeah. that game there was you know Aaron Rodgers was mostly on the you know he yeah, was he still, missed half of on. it, but still like that game against the Vikings, they won their first one. The Amon Ross St. Brown, the mm-hmm. the time expiring uh, touchdown catch by him, like they finished the season three and three in their last six games and three five and one in their last nine, like. To me, that was enough that I saw from the Lions to believe that this team is going to be better than like two to four win range, which is probably what it's going to take to have that number one overall pick. They strike me as more of like six to eight win range this year. So I'm going to throw this out there. Okay. Um, the Lions, I think, yep. could be a team. I don't know their money situation. You would probably know this better than yeah. I. That could be in the running for a Jimmy Garoppolo. Think about it. We have heard Dan Campbell kind of say he doesn't really like the way Jared Goff manages this team. He needs to light a little bit more underneath him. I remember hearing this in multiple press conferences this year. We talked about the Lions a lot in this Mm. draft. Perhaps they were going to maybe trade up and they were going to maybe take a quarterback. Well, they didn't necessarily do that. And and so now you've got another year and this roster is getting better. And Dan Campbell likes this grit. And then you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who doesn't really embody that kind of Dan Campbell mentality, but nonetheless, he's a very good game manager. He's equipped. He understands what to do in late-game situations. Usually, he knows how to take your team to the postseason. All of these things. Um, Oh, and by the way, he also beats the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) He does. Which is a big deal in the NFC North. So again, I don't know their financial situation, but it wouldn't shock me if we're getting closer to the season or we're a game or two or three underway here in Detroit and they're calling the Niners for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just throwing it out there. It's an interesting one. The problem, and this is like, you know, minutia, so for the audience that does not live in like the NFL salary cap space, yes. hear me out. So at the minute that Week one passes. Jimmy Garoppolo's $24 million salary becomes fully guaranteed, at which point, like, you know, there's just like, it's that much more expensive. And the Lions could make some space. 
I think the question you'd have to ask is if you're the Lions, if you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, you would be paying like $50 million in cash this year. Set aside the cap consideration of it, like just the cash side, like your owner is writing $50 million worth of checks to Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have to be for a team that is trying to push itself over the edge or has zero options whatsoever, like the Seahawks. And I'm not sure there's a team that views Jimmy like Garoppolo as the lock. Yeah, well, supposedly. Suppo- yeah. That's one of those where what you like during May and June right. could and change dramatically once August rolls around, right? It's four years. This is three full years now of Drew Locke. I think that some things did not go right in Denver, but I mean, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, yeah, Tim Patrick. Got no fan. Like, that was a pretty good group of pass catchers he was throwing the right. football to. Right. That's true. Uh, okay, quickly. So who's having the number one overall pick? Got to hurry here. We only got 20 seconds. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I want to lean Seahawks, too. We're leading Seahawks, and we'll see what happens, obviously, come next April. All right, it's been fun for Field Yates. My name is Shay Cornette. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Greeny. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, it's Barton Hahn. Everyone have a wonderful Thursday. We will talk to you all later. Barton Hahn is next here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.